Welcome to another episode of See You at the Crossroads podcast. My name is Mr. Hendricks. Um, I am here with a Crossroads legend, if you will. And we have a little international flavor on today's episode. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dave Burtonshaw. Mr. Burtonshaw, please introduce yourself. Oh, Say hello. Hi. How are you lot? Um, <laughs> what do you want to know, CJ? <laughs> <laughs> My life story well, in, for, a, in, a, in a minute. Well, huh? listen, you're, this, you're as close as we're going to get to interviewing James Bond. So oh, I, is that what it is? I need to, okay. uh, I, we need to, again, hear some some feedback over a storied career, a storied history here at Crossroads. You've been here for a long time. Yeah, this will be my 31st year. 31st year. Wow. Lucky number 31. And I really wanted to get a chance to sit down with you. One, because you get to see how this building moves and shakes from a different scope. Yeah. Um, But also, again, you've been here a good amount of time and you've been able to see people come and go and kids come and go and Mm -hmm. generations of of kind of themes and... uh, kind of mottos that we have you know in our district and in our school uh so if you could just we always open up with a very broad question what is your story mm, my story um born in london in 1952 which will sound ancient to the kids there <laughs> um when i was young moved up to a seaside town in the north of england called blackpool um fabulous place to live um used to live right opposite the seafront so most of my time my passion has always been football or soccer as you know it as americans know it the rest of the world knows it as football but um my passion was always from that so i would always be kicking a ball around on the beach um schooling um totally different to here when you go to school in England at that time you went from when you were five to when you were 15 at 15 you were out in the workforce wow unless you wanted to go on to university which you would stay and and sit exams and that would tell you whether you were good enough to go through to university and that would be 16 17 you go to university for four years um I never did that course because I looked after my mother when I when she was when I was 13 she went blind mm. so um, I had to be creative to be able to put food on the table and, <laughs> and pay the rent so uh, from 11 I had various jobs and then at 15 um, I went out into the workforce mm. um, did, did it ever when you look back at it, was there ever a point where you're like, man, I wish I would have had the opportunity to maybe see what university was like? Or did you know, I want to get into what, I, what I'm passionate about right after I'm done with my schooling? Well, the problem, the problem that I had was I was never really geared towards university or mm-hmm. towards that, that um, era because I was very, very good at football. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be professional and a lot of clubs at that time were were looking to sign me on a professional contract i played for for blackpool boys um i'd even had a spell spell going down to the england training camp with the england uh, under 15s which was fabulous um and then unfortunately an injury took me out and uh it was three days before i was 
going to be signing um, what they call schoolboy forms mm. at the time, which would leave you to professional terms. And uh, and they said that if I continue playing at the pace that I was playing, I could end up in a wheelchair by the time I was 24. Wow. And uh, on consideration that I was prepared to take that <laughs> risk, but <laughs> young, but, but my chasing a dream. Yeah, but my mother was like, <laughs> no way, no way, you know. So uh, so that kind of stumped my. Um, my education and it was like in school school was tough in those days it's not like here you would walk down the hallway if you were loud and got out of hand you'd be pulled away and mm. and be caned mm. you wow. know and uh, it was the same in the classroom they wouldn't think anyone anything of pulling people out and and caning you you know, the girls would get the ruler across the top of the thigh and the boys would put their hand out and be caned. Wow. You know, so Times have changed for times sure. have changed, yeah. But it was it was disciplined. Mm. You know, you knew where you stood in the school from the moment you went in to the moment you left. You knew what was expected of you. Um you knew you couldn't mess about and I I often relate it to here and I look and I think, wow, these lot, this, even my daughter, as she was growing up, I was like, wow, you haven't got a clue. You know? <laughs> well, that is just, that is just times in general. Times, I feel like in, times general. in generations times in generations have passed and things over time, yeah. I think, pass and, and change and alter. And, you know, I think both good and, and, and not so good, but what's one memory that you have looking back that outside of playing football? What's a memory that you look back at your time in, in living in London and growing up there and you're like, man, I really, really miss this. Was it something, you know, yeah. home-cooked meals? Um, was it spending time with no, family? What say, was it? I used to jump around in jobs because I was always on the go. And then I landed a job in hotels as a bellman. And I found that I was pretty good in hotels. And I quickly made my way up to be head concierge of one of the largest hotels in London, which was the Strand Palace, and it had 850 room hotels. The thing that always remembered about that, I'd only got that job, had been promoted to that job for two weeks. And this guy appeared in front of me and he said, right, we need to vet you. And I said, what do you mean we need, you need to vet me? He said, well, you're gonna be introduced to the queen in two weeks time. Wow. And, uh, and that actually, it was a, it was funny because all the all the Secret Service had said to me, "Don't worry, <laughs> she won't talk to you because you're right. She only talks to the every third person, and uh, and you got the poet laureate on one side, which you will definitely talk to, and then she'll she'll shake her hand and she'll move on a couple." I thought, oh, that's good. <laughs> I I don't think if you can describe dry mouth, I don't think as she was approaching along with all the rest of the royal entourage, I don't think you can the nervousness of it of meeting the queen for the first time, and she spoke to the poet laureate, and I, I was like, <laughs> and then she came to me and they introduced me and I shook her hand and bowed, and she said. 
Ah, yes, Mr. Burtonshaw, I've been reading about you in our evening paper. It's amazing to be that young and to be in charge of such a large hotel. Let me tell you, CJ, I was absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I didn't know what to I say. I thought you were going to say, was, and then they picked me up off the floor. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, uh, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. And and she said, well, I'm sure we'll be, be seeing a lot of you in the near, near future. And I was like, okay. And then Prince Philip came by, and I was absolutely in shock. Wow. And then Prince Charles came by, and... You can never understand what Prince Charles says anyway, because he mumbles. Um, and after that, my f- and this is going to sound weird, but after they had all gone, my first reaction was, God, I need a cup of tea. No, <laughs> but if you say an outstanding moment, I think that was there. Apart from, obviously, meeting my wife. Okay. That was a that go. was make a weird. Sure you, make sure you slip that one in. Well, yeah, that was a weird situation as well. So that wasn't something I was expecting. Well, going, I mean, speaking of meeting and uh, famous people and and growing up in London and, yeah. and your passion of football, you also met a pretty popular pop star in your in yeah. your heyday. Yeah, well, yeah, please well, expand it, on well, who that was. Uh, yeah, well, it was a guy called Rod Stewart, and actually at the time, um, I played. For, I used to play on a Sunday league, um, which the games used to start at 11 o'clock Sunday morning. In those days, uh, to try and get people up after a Saturday night to go out and play football on a (laughs) Sunday morning was usually a hardship. But um, living two doors down from me were these twin guys, and they were great players, and they used to, we all used to go up. But they were also with rock bands. They used to do setups and such like. And they brought this guy up and they said, he's really good. His name is Rod. And we're like, yeah, okay, we need extra players, you know. And he was. He was exceptional. And it took me at least a couple of games to realize that, hey, wait a minute, this is Rod Stewart from (laughs) The Small Faces. You know, nicer guy you couldn't wish to meet. Um, he could have been a professional football player if he hadn't been a singer. He was that good. Um, nicer guy you couldn't wish to meet. Um, and we played for probably half a season before he was off dashing around. He was with um, a guy. He was a guy called Long John Baldry who had a big hit. And he was studying underneath him to a degree. And he was going off and doing his own little things. But all this group, and I didn't know half the members, but they'd all appear. And like, right, do you need players? Yeah, we need players. There's only six of us turned up, you know. <laughs> They're a wild <laughs> so, time, so it was fun. But um, nice guy. Um, and then later it, later in life, um, I got to know him a little bit more because uh, he lived around, just around the corner from where I was living um so yeah in fact I've got I I had at one time where they disappeared to or if they were stolen I don't know but I used to have LPs and long playing records yeah yeah and uh 45s signed over wow. to me by him where they disappeared to I don't know I think uh I think they disappeared in a truck one day. Oh, the memory of them is still... Yeah, still annoying. Uh, Now, you have uh, 
you have uh, you know a beautiful family. You know, I've I've had the pleasure of of talking with you personally, you know, over the years of me being here. You've always been so great to me. And uh, the one thing that uh, I feel like always kind of gets you going, um, and is almost like the apple of your eye is your granddaughter. And uh, it's it's always a pleasure to hear you speak about her and talk about the times you have with her. And it seems like it's almost like you can be in a mood, but then as soon as I bring her up in conversation, it's just there's just a turn of. Yeah, Enjoy I've got a second chance with her, CJ. I tried <laughs> to get my daughter, who I love immensely, into soccer, and she was pretty good. Um, but that changed because once she got to our high school, she decided that she wanted a varsity jacket. <laughs> that was her dream. So she joined the bowling team, and ah. she got and she'd never bowled before in her life. And they ended up um, winning quite a lot for South Brunswick. Wow. Um, So, but it kind of disappointed me a little bit that she wasn't playing my game. Yeah. Whereas when my granddaughter was born, I thought to myself, I'm not going to lose out on this. She was literally six six hours old and there was an Arsenal game on at the, <laughs> at the um at the hospital and I picked her up and said this is your team you'll be playing for the women's team <laughs> and she's good that's great she's good I've that's taught great. her now she can kick with both feet she's very powerful awesome. she can do little tricks oh, she's so. a special guest you know for those people who yeah. don't know we have uh, <laughs> we, we've developed a little tradition here called the Dave Burtonshaw International Soccer Friendly which is a soccer game between the staff and the students and so Dave comes out every year in his traditional football garb old school umbro sweatsuit and he is just like fully in it and the staff has has loved playing in the game the kids really enjoy it and uh his granddaughter got to come out today i saw her a couple times when the ball went uh-huh. to the sideliner kicking the ball back yeah. into play you could just tell yeah she was just like Shit. ready to go yeah. in at any point yeah. which is which is so fun to see yeah as soon um, as i get home it, my my wife normally picks her up from school because they only live just around the corner from us and uh, if it's if it's not raining, it's like granddad, and I'm like, yeah, okay, go and get the go and get the football, and out we go, kicking around, you That's know. That's great. So I've got a second chance with her. I hope she, but she's also into ballet as okay. well. So it's going it's to be um, it's going to be tricky <laughs> to maintain the two, but I, I'm hoping that she'll end up being a good. Uh, soccer player go for it what's yeah. um what's a memory um just a crossroads memory that you look back and you value the most you know what over the 31 years there's been so so many um people um a lot of staff a lot of kids in fact it's really quite funny because there's been a few kids that have gone through this system that I've known and now their kids are here and they're wow. like oh you were here when mum was here yeah you know and when I'm out in the community people say hi and um and you can't remember everyone's name after 31 yeah. years it's just an impossibility mm-hmm. but I think the memories the crossroads itself was the original crossroads which was now north uh-huh. um that ha- that uh, was Dr. Nadler, yeah. and he was a unique, or he still is a unique um, person. Everybody in the school laughed. He was just, he brought an atmosphere. All the everybody loved working for him because 
you look forward to going to work. It was a joy to go to work. Mm. You know, you had a lot of fun at work. You did your work, but you had a lot of laughs. And um, the philosophy has always been with Crossroads is that if you can't laugh, you might as well stay home. (laughs) It's not the place for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the place for you. If you haven't got a sense of humor, no matter what is happening in Crossroads, if you haven't got a sense of humor, stay home because it's really not a place to work (laughs) because of all the little things that go on. And you, you hear time and time again, you can't make this stuff up. That's it. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. The kids are the kids have changed mm-hmm. a lot. Um, the uh, a lot in good ways, a lot in good ways. Um, but some in not so good ways. Um, I don't think they're as attentive as what. Yeah. Well, there's they so many were. distractions now. There they, is. They're, they're, they're involved in so many different things. Computers and everything it is, else has changed. It's, it's a, a different, different time. Different but the, the beauty of uh, the times changing is that the people like you who are still here that have been here through the times and the generational changes have stayed the course and yeah. have been steady and have been um, very respectful of just what Crossroads means. And yeah. it's it's important to have people like you in the building in the school community to remind people of what it was and what it c- still can continue to be. Yeah. Um, you know, Normally I end a podcast with what's your words of wisdom or a famous quote. I'm going to do something different today okay. if you don't mind. Because I am, I've always tried. I've always, I grew up trying to, to emulate a British accent. I could never do it. But I was always very, <laughs> so I. I was very, very, ins- I was very a big fan of like British slang culture. Oh yeah. What are three words, your three favorite words, from growing up in London, that are just like. Like, bruv is, like, my favorite one. Bruv. Bruv is my favorite one. Yeah. I say bruv a lot to my buddies. Who well, when I my three to... three words, I can't really speak on the podcast. Absolutely. Podcast, Remember, but... we have students and staff alike listening <laughs> but, to um, the podcast. But I think one of the things in London was governor. Governor. Uh, yeah. All right, governor. <laughs> you know. Um, the other one was mate. Everybody's a mate. Um, and I don't, I, I don't really know... That, the one word that I use that I shouldn't all the time is the word bloody. But, he, <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's not really a swear word. It just means, ah, oh, heck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I appreciate you giving us the intel on that and what your favorite words are. And it has been an absolute pleasure to be your mate over the course of my career year here at Crossroads. <laughs> it has been fun. It's been a quite an experience. I love the conversation I get to have with you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today, Dave. No Thank problem. You. Just, just remember one thing. Every day you've got to have a laugh about something. Everybody should laugh at some point of the day. Because they say laughter stops heart attacks and it stops a lot of pain. (laughs) (laughs) And there's your quote. I didn't even ask for it. It came out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again, Mr. Burnshaw, for being with us today on this episode of See You at the Podcast. We'll catch you guys later. Okay.